Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Abbott, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Page, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. Your company that comes on first this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together like my nuts. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cutting of Jim, fella. This is Greg Excellent, here to drag in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. He's a man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga a little bit of a cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you better be. Now, look at that rock, you want to be fucked up. Black dude, how? This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza
Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio Hot Tag Podcast Collaboration Show. I'm your host, J-Cat Morris. With me is Shaheen and Boxman in the cut over there. Hello. What's going on? What are you, Asian now? Out of a seat. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, man. Yeah. Dude, uh, not much going on in wrestling, but I'll tell you what, though. Uh... One thing that did happen that, that's, I guess, worth mentioning is uh, Cody Rhodes is the Ring of Honor champion. Do you hear about that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. Um, Cody Rhodes has been absolutely killing it. You, I mean, you got to give that guy a ton of credit for his decision to leave the WWE, specifically to go have more intense, actual physical wrestling matches. I mean, the dude, you know, with his lineage and everything, he had no reason to do anything. I mean, he could have rode that name to a a full career and he decided to really go above and beyond to just go bust his fucking ass on the indies all over the the world and i mean you got to give that guy credit yeah definitely i mean uh if you look at cody rhodes when he was in wwe he kind of looked miserable and if (laughs) you look at the guy now he's wrestling i i watched a clip today uh northeast wrestling i mean they draw like a decent amount of people probably like 500 people whatever the case is but this guy was fucking as happy as you can get to be in front of those people. And um, it's weird, man. I mean, people can say what they want about Del Rio. I'm I'm not a Del Rio fan. I've had the opportunity to probably see him like four or five times in front of a live crowd in uh, like an indie setting. And um, he's always been better, you know, wrestling in Jersey or pro, House of Hardcore, whatever the case may have been. Mm-hmm. He's always been better than what I had expected to see from him, you know, judging based on what I saw in Raw, SmackDown, etc. And um, I think it's kind of interesting to see a lot of these guys, like, take a pay cut. And maybe not necessarily even a pay cut. Maybe Cody Rhodes is making more money nowadays. Who knows? But, I mean, to not be on that grand stage of them all and, and, and go to fucking, you know, SWF and shit. And, I mean, dude, Del Rio was on SWF a couple weeks ago. You know what I mean? Jesus. Um, how they afforded him, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, it's. I mean, you definitely have to respect these guys, man. I mean, like, especially Cody. Cody, uh, I mean, he walked away from a lot of money. You know, he had a comfortable position. He wasn't really doing much, collecting checks. You know what I mean? Making yeah. six figures, probably. And uh, to walk away from that and be like, yeah, dude, I'll go out there and I'll fucking kill myself and take 100 more bumps a night for, you know, 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it made me more of a fan than I was prior to this because i wasn't a fan of cody when he was just on raw and smackdown and um seeing him you know go out there and, on pwg and kill it with guys like trevor lee and actually you know hold up with those guys i think that says a lot about the guy you know yeah yeah i mean i think the dude had his mouth stitched up after the match or something like he, he got busted open or he needed stitches right. so i mean the guy is not taking it light a lot of wwe guys will come out and you know, not so much like the Del Rios and the Cody Rhodes, but in the past, you know, they, they wind up taking huge paydays on the indies and kind of taking it, taking it easy. You know, they yeah. really only have to show their face to make a bunch of money. And um, Cody's just going above and beyond to prove that he's so much more than just, uh, you know, whatever the WWE is portraying him as. He didn't like the Stardust gimmick. He didn't want to be locked into just being another gold dust. And uh, he's, he's proven every bit what he's worth. Yeah. The weirdest thing to me, I mean, a prime example of a guy that would probably take it easy on the Indies is a guy like Ryback. You know what I mean? Like a guy like that um, is probably a guy you would see in PWS, et cetera, coming in, 
do you know spear spear body slam collect fucking couple grand and walk away sure but but what exactly was he doing in the wwe i don't think he's really knocking it down a notch it's about the same yeah but i mean just even more you know taking it easier than that but um it would start us gimmick dude i mean he according to him he was a fan of that shit that was his idea which kind of i liked it you know myself i liked it i thought he played the shit out of it but um I don't know. I mean, you don't see him pulling down on the indies. He seems to really be leaning more towards athleticism. Well, one reason is because he can't use the Stardust gimmick. But um, uh, is that trademarked or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, he, dude, he can't even use the Rhodes name. Did you know that? He literally, really? not, yeah, he, dude, he can't go off. He can't go as Cody Rhodes. He has to be called Cody. Even on TNA, they uh, they go out of out of their way. Um, what's his wife's name? Randy? Is that her name? I don't know. Randy Rose, Randy, Randy Rose. Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah. So what they do on TNA is uh they'll say like Brandy and Cody Rhodes. You know, or like Cody and Brandy Rhodes. That way they're not necessarily calling him Rhodes, they're calling her. But they'll try to squeeze it in there. Um, yeah. Because they're not allowed to call him Rhodes. Like if you see like I don't even know that's his real fucking name, right? No, I don't think it is. Runnels. No? Both their, Runnels, their okay, yeah, yeah, Runnels, yeah, the Runnels. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a gimmick name. So, mm-hmm. I, I always thought it was super shitty of them, especially you know with his dad doing so much for the company to not even let the guy use a fucking like. Come on, dude, you guys didn't come up with Rhodes. You know what I mean? Dusty was using Rhodes in the fucking seventies, man. Like way before yeah. in WWE ever. So I always thought that was silly. But as far as the whole Stardust thing, um, I guess his dad used to, you know, he used to wear trunks that says Stardust, so it was like right. know, homage. Um, so he was always a fan of doing that gimmick, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's why he's not using that. Yeah. I, I, I think there was a little bit of like a bolt to it. Like he was down with it. He liked it. He was into it, came up with it and all that. But I don't, I don't think he wanted to stay locked into that like yeah. long, long term. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not something that you can, especially with this brother being Goldust already, you know, very right. similar gimmicks. It's kind of, you don't really need two of those. It, it was cool when they were a tag team for the most part. But. Sure. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I mean they were killing it with the shield and etc. But mm-hmm. seeing Goldust on the same card and then Stardust like, eh, it's like kind of the same shit. Yeah, you know. But yeah, he's uh, also wrestling for the IWGP Champion um, Championship. I honestly, I think he's probably going to take both straps since uh, New Japan and ROH they have a good relationship. I can see both of them uh, fully invested in the guy. I don't think he's going in there anytime soon. Um, so I mean the guy, man. I mean he's he's got a he's got a pretty bright future on the indies. Um, and I think that this gives a lot of hope to another guy like Dolph Ziggler. You know, like Dolph Ziggler is another guy that I could see leaving. I mean, imagine Dolph Ziggler on a PWG card, dude. He would fucking kill him. Oh yeah. yeah, that dude bumps like a psychopath. I mean, <laughs> he's so cut out for that type of stuff and the PWGs and you know, New Japan and all. I mean, the dude would be. Either severely injured or severely over. <laughs> One of the two. A little bit of both. But uh, Ziggler is, is another guy I would love to see on the Indies. I think he can, um, I'd love to see him mix it up with guys like Leo Rush and, you know, et cetera. I think that would be, that'd be some nice stuff. Yeah. Um, but I brought up Cody Rhodes for this, uh, for this reason. Daniel Bryan went on uh, Twitter. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah. Um, he basically put out a bunch of tweets, you know, congratulating him and uh, et cetera, saying, you know, if you get to the opportunity to hold the ROH title, as long as I did for 428 days or whatever the case may be, um, I'd like to be the one of one of the guys to challenge you and take that belt off of you. And he gave him a date of September 28th. Um, 
September 28th is, is I guess, when his uh, contract is running out as well. So a lot of people are assuming that, you know, he's kind of throwing it out there, like, hey, like, as soon as my contract is over, expect me to see, expect to see me back in Ring of Honor or New Japan, whatever the case may be. I personally, I think it's going to happen. Um, I, I don't see the guy going to somewhere like TNA. I think, uh, I think a guy like Daniel Bryan, he's, he's really doing it because he loves it. I don't think he's going there to do it for a paycheck or anything like that. So if you see the guy wrestling at all, it's going to be somewhere where he, where he had loyalty to. You know what I mean? Like, a, like I, I think I, I said this on the show with you a couple weeks ago before. Don't be surprised if you see a guy like Daniel Bryan show up at an IWA Mid-South show. Um, not because they can't afford him, because he would probably cut him, a, do a favor, because you know Ian gave him a lot of opportunities. Sure. Um, so yeah, he's he's that type of guy. So I I would one hundred percent think you're gonna end up seeing Daniel Bryan back in Ring of Honor next year. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he he attached something else to that statement, like um, saying that he is working towards a return, but if he isn't able to be cleared through the WWE, it, it may not be the only place he's exploring or, or something along the lines of, you know, you might see me somewhere else if that's the case. So yeah, I a hundred percent think we have not seen the last of Daniel Bryan as a wrestler. There's no way he loves it too much, way, way too much. The same thing that, you know, gave him the drive and desire to fight his way to the WWE after all those years and get as over as he was and bust his ass against all sorts of people. I mean, the size of that guy and the, the way he evened the odds in the ring and made it so believable because he, he worked that intensely. I mean, that's that's what got him over, and that, that doesn't come from a guy who didn't have passion for the business. So I, I really think Daniel Bryan's going to do what he's got to do to wrestle again at some point. And, and, you know, he's making enough money in the WWE now. He can kind of pad his future right now just doing what he's doing and then, you know, be able to do what he wants as far as, you know, passion project. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, I, I certainly don't see the WWE ever giving him the green light to wrestle again, so... Um, probably not. Probably going to just wait until uh, his contract is over. And keep in mind, his his wife, Bree, um, she can go back to WWE and make figures, six figures and kind of make up for what he's missing out on, you know? Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I, obviously I don't know them, but judging off of uh, what I've heard Boxman talk about as far as, you know, Total Divas and all that stuff, she they have a pretty good relationship, so I think... She would want him to be happy, and she probably understands how much this means to him. So, um, I expect to see him back. I mean, I, I don't think you're going to see this guy uh, doing like Wrestle Pro or anything like that. I think he's going to have a minimum minimum schedule. I don't, I don't really see this guy like doing every weekend. Um, it's probably going to be more of a case of you know the big shows. You'll see him at Ring of Honor, um, probably just another small run on the Indies, and you know take it from there. Yeah, I could see him on uh, New Japan and all that too, though. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like New Japan and Ring of Honor, I think I think those two you'll see him in. Uh, PWG for sure. I think I think that's he just has to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think on every show, but you know, like a Battle of Los Angeles, you know, stuff like that. You'll I would expect to see him there. Yeah, I would actually honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if you see this guy on Lucha Underground. You know? Yeah, who knows? I mean, what kind of deal they could work out and everything? Because I mean, they obviously uh you know are a good spot for that type of stuff too. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess it would it would have to be flexible. I don't know if he's going to work in any kind of long term deal, but I mean, fuck, man, it's his his ball to play with. Uh, especially since Lucha Underground kind of scaled back on their contracts. Um, I know Boxman knows about this. Like, you know, when they first started, um, they were kind of like a Lucha Underground exclusive. The, the contracts were brutal. Um, I know, like Ricochet wasn't particularly happy about that because 
you know, they'll record for a couple, for like, you know, a month or two and then they're gone. And then this guy has to stay at home for fucking three months until you start recording again for the next season. Um, so a lot of those guys, they're allowed to do indies now, like, you know, even Ricochet. Mm-hmm. But even if he does do something with, with Lucha Underground, I'm sure he can work something out where he's, you know, doing some other shows as well. So either way, I just thought that was interesting. I think uh, eventually you will see Daniel Bryan as crazy as that may sound because he was one of the biggest, uh, he was like a money printing machine, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. let him go. You will probably see that guy on the indies. Um, and if it was anybody else, I would say you probably wouldn't see too many companies using him because his his rate would probably be like 20 grand. You know, when Rey Mysterio first came out, I think the number they threw out was 20 grand in appearance. Yeah. It's fucking nuts, you know? Yeah. And O'Brien, on the other hand, I think the guy loves it so much that he would kind of pick and choose what he does and, um, you know, kind of work with the promoters and um, do it more because he's passionate about it, not just because, you know, it's not a payday. Yeah. And, you know, with Ray, I, I mean, you saw Ray Mysterio against uh, Loki at the Jersey All Pro. I, I don't see Fat Frank and them coming out twenty grand out of their pocket for Ray Mysterio for that event. Uh, then again, yeah. but... I don't know, and I don't know what kind of vendor deals are being cut and stuff. A lot of times they work out like a you know deal where it it it's not completely footed by just a promoter. So I don't know. Yeah, which uh, it's it's I, I like the fact that you brought that up because I think uh, that kind of plays into game changer this this weekend. Which uh, I'll get into in a little bit, but yeah, man. yeah. But uh, Cody Rhodes, man, and he's cutting some great fucking promos. I heard a promo he cut right after he won the title. Um, great stuff that you wouldn't see in WWE at all. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, I did want to, and I still probably will do this. I just don't know how long it's gonna take. Uh, Mr. Pogo obviously passed away last weekend. Um, not last weekend, last week sometime, and um. You know, I've, I've always been huge on FMW winning IWA. I, I love that stuff. Um, that went hand-in-hand with ECW for me. All that stuff was with CZW as to J. So, like, that's that stuff was, you know, I, I fucking love that stuff, man. And um, I can't say I didn't expect it. Uh, I'm friends with Tony Myers on there. Tony Myers is a guy that, you know, used to wrestle in the States. And uh, he's been in Japan playing, like, Leatherface and, and so forth. And... Mr. Pogo was kind of, you know, his, his mentor, so he's taking care of Mr. Pogo, and he would put up pictures of him, and he didn't look good, so I kind of saw it coming, but, you know, either way, he, he was older. Uh, still unfortunate to see any of these guys go, but Mr. Pogo, man, I'm, I'm trying to do a tribute episode, or, uh, I mean, Louis already said he would, he would co-host it. I think that would be, uh, be kind of cool to get Louis on there. I know he was really, really big on Pogo. Yeah, um, it's just a matter of, of finding the time to you know interview different wrestlers and put the whole thing together. But either way, I'm, I'm definitely going to do some kind of a tribute for Master Pogo. We did one for Hayabusa. Um, Master Pogo, I think, is right up there with him. So look out for that. Probably sometime next week, I'll announce it. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely iconic. Um, you know, I wasn't as as huge of a fan of FMW as you are, but I got into the FMW stuff through um, what they were putting out at Suncoast Video. And uh, I pretty much bought up all their whatever their best ofs or, and um, yeah, he was he was intense, you know. He he had that sickle and he would he'd really put out the image that he was trying to kill that fucking guy with it. <laughs> I mean, he did some wild shit with that thing. Yeah, I mean, you dude, you look at a guy like Mr. Pogo. Um, I don't think too many people have influenced New Jack style other than guys like Abby and Cheek and stuff like that with the forks and all that stuff. 
But um, when he started using the sickle, that was clearly stolen from Pogo because Pogo was doing that in the mid '90s. You know, yeah. New Jack didn't bring it out to like '99 ish, probably. Um, but yeah, man, Master Pogo. I mean, yeah, probably some of the most fucking brutal matches. And of course, looking back at it now, it's kind of silly to watch it. It doesn't have the same impact that it did when I was watching it. You know, 13, 14 years old for the first time. Um, but you know, a lot of those matches where he was using those weapons, man. I mean, Onita would fucking blade his stomach if he had to to make that shit look. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like this dude would gut himself in the middle of the fucking ring. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't one of those silly you know matches where the guy like you know stabs a guy in the stomach and he doesn't bleed. No, Onita would fucking he would he was leaking, man. Like this dude would bleed out his back, ribs, stomach, chest, wherever. Yeah. He, he he attempted to cut him, quote unquote. It, Onita went in, man. I mean. A lot of those guys were super, super dedicated and making it look real. And um, that's what I loved about FMW so much was because uh, they took their time, man. If you watch an FMW big event, if you watch one of those no rope explosive, uh, explosion matches, um, chances are you're going to see a backstage segment that's just as long as the whole fucking match with them following Onita to the back. And they would have a, a thousand photographers, you know, flashes everywhere. It made it look like a big deal. You know what I mean? They would show the EMTs. They would show the, the stab wounds. You know, they would really take their time and show you him getting stitched up and everything to make you believe, like, yo, this shit is real. This is not, you know, like, yeah, yeah. wrestling is, is dying and all that, the kayfabe stuff. But this is real. This is explosive. This is real barbed wire. We're doing this for real, you know. And um, Mr. Pogo, Anita went hand-in-hand hand as far as, you know, the innovators when it came to that kind of style, so. Yeah, one of the little spots I remember that stuck out to me is, um, I don't even remember who he was wrestling. It might have been Onita, but um, they were ha- having some kind of match, and he had his sickle, and um, the other guy grabbed a, a like, piece of broken table and tried to, like, block the sickle, and the sickle went through, like, the, you know, the, the piece of table he was holding. It was like a horror movie, you know? Yeah. Like, he swung at him with the sickle, and it went through the wood, and, you know what I mean? Like, it it looked like he was trying to kill that fucking guy with the weapon, and that believability is a lot of what lacks in, in the death matches now. Everyone's cutting themselves with shit and acting like it doesn't hurt because they're so badass, but, yeah. you know, you want to believe that the shit is dangerous. I, I know that's a crazy idea, but you want to think that this dangerous shit is dangerous instead of like, oh, I eat this shit for breakfast. I understand that sounds really cool to you, but the more people that do that, the more this loses its actual sting to, to fans. You know, you want it to be so over the top and, you know, it shouldn't be where the fans are like, you know, in Carnage Cup, everybody grab some razor wire. Let's get this shit going. You know, uh, yeah, you want you want the fans to go fuck, man. I wouldn't go near that shit. You know, fans are dragging barbed wire out of their trunk to bring to the fucking show. Like, eh, loses a little bit of its pop. Yeah, I mean, and another thing I'm I'm glad you brought up because a lot of these guys are coming out in these light tube matches, smashing a fucking bundle on his own head and just standing there smiling. And it's like, oh, dude, well, come on. Everybody wants to be Jun Kasai. You know, Kasai does the, you know, split light tube, cut his chest move. Yeah. You know, it's fine that's Kasai, but now everyone's like, I could do that. We all, we know you guys can all do that. You're willing to get cut. That's part of the deathmatch thing. But if you guys are all just going to openly cut yourself, like, look how cool I am. It's, it takes away from the, you know, I mean, there used to be. You know, guys who would, and you know, there's some guys that are still true to it and stuff. But they'd come out, they'd look at a contraption and look like fuck. 
instead of like, yeah, thumbs up. Like, no, like, fuck, what the fuck is this you put in here? You know, like they were looking, you know, when they put on the brakes to stop themselves from landing in a thing, it looked like they really didn't want to go into that thing. And now it's just like, eh. I think a guy that's still doing it is Ricky Shane Page. If you notice, man, every TOD King of the Death matches when he's coming around, he's looking at the different setups. Like, oh, you bastard. Oh, this looks fucking brutal. You know, those set right. one. And most of these guys come out looking hot coals. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> if you're not scared of it, then I don't, I don't find that. I don't know why this, this is entertaining. You clearly are just volunteering to stuff on hot coals. So. But, yeah, yeah man. Um, Mr. Pogo, though, um, real quick, just to go back to him, another guy that would – by all means, avoid the barbed wire and sell the shit out of it. When mm-hmm. guys like Matsunaga or, or Atsushi Onita would, you know, throw him into the barbed wire, this guy would damn near break his back to stop himself. And he would really sell you on it, man. It was just, those guys, you don't see too many of those guys around anymore, you know? Um, one match that particularly uh, stands out. Sorry, I see Boxman looking at me. My dog got up. My dog coughed up. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. But, um, all sorts of noise in this episode. Come on, I smashed my medals a minute ago. I fucking flung my arm out and they're ka-ching, ka-ching, sound like wind chimes. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you took a glass bottle over there. That's yeah. I, thought, I thought someone broke a glass. So I was like, oh yeah, shit! It really sounded like one of those like cartoon glass, glass. Nah, I got all my medals hanging on like a hook over by my bed, and I, <laughs> I hit it with my arm. It's like fucking wind chimes. Yeah, that's what I figured it was. Uh, the one match that I'll never forget was. Um, Terry Funk and uh, Mr. Pogo, one of his bigger matches. I'm sure everyone that knows Mr. Pogo has probably seen this match. But um, it was a no-rope explosion match. And uh, typically, if you pay attention, when they take those those explosion bumps, they'll go back first. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's fireworks, so you don't want to go face first and, and risk your eye getting fucked up. I'll never forget the fucking Mr. Pogo. He uh, he tosses them right off the fucking off, off the apron. This guy goes Face first, straight into the fucking fire, the fireworks, all that shit, dude. And I was just like, wow, this, this is the only time I've ever seen anybody go face first into the fucking explosive. And it was big ones, too. Yeah. Yeah, it did some crazy, crazy shit in Japan. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to do, like, some kind of, uh, you know, pay some homage to him August 5th when uh, Onita's coming to the States. Because I know, you know, Tremont's obviously probably a big fan of uh, Mr. Pogo. Oh yeah, Onita coming in. Even if it's just like a wearing like a pogo shirt, you know something. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do, if anything. Yeah. But um, real quick, man. Uh, another thing I noticed over here: hybrid wrestling. Um, I like their owner, Mike. Obviously, you know Mike; he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. So I wish all of them the best, and you know, as much as I can plug them and and put that over I'd, I'd like to get them some more followers hybrid wrestling is coming up um the 29th it's a friday and uh dude this card is fucking it's starting to get stacked up man i mean for for an indie company that's only been around for three shows um they got a pretty fucking decent roster man they got ethan page coming out um going against teddy hart which i'm not the biggest ethan page fan but i know he has fans so it's it's it you know a name at least to get on there um mm-hmm. Is that something you would you would be interested in? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a huge Ethan Page fan either. Um, I don't know something about it. I mean, he doesn't seem bad or anything, and he just doesn't jump out as me. Yeah, you know, at me as like an exciting wrestler or anything like that. 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen him in CCW before a few times here and there, but mostly he's been doing Evolve. Um, he's all right. Yeah, he's one of those Evolve guys. Uh, I do like his new gimmick. He's like he, he's like all ego, fucking Ethan Page, which he's been doing it for a while, but he's really healing it up nowadays, which is uh, kind of refreshing. Okay. So that, that's that's a match that's happening. I believe it's going to be Joey Janela going against Facade. Uh, I think Facade is slept on. I remember Facade from Extreme Rising. I had no idea who the fuck that dude was. And um, he killed it with Sabu at the time. So anybody that brings a good match out of Sabu in 2012, uh, I give credit to. Yeah. So that should be a good match. Joey Janela and Facade. That's, that's a match that I would expect from a game changer. And um, obviously, you know, Lauderdale's over there at Hybrid too. So it kind of makes sense that you would see the same kind of roster. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I believe the main event is going to be Abyss coming in to go against Matt Tremont um, in like a hardcore slash death match. Uh, I know they can't use glass in that in that facility, but um, I'm expecting definitely thumbtacks, barbed wire. As yeah. much as they can push it in PA, I think they're going to try to. Um, but don't expect any light tubes or glass. If it was in Jersey Shore, they probably would. But um, and I honestly, I as much as I love these shows being close to me, like the Allentown show this past weekend, I like the Jersey shows more, man. Cause like, you know, when when GCW does shit in in Jersey, like I already know going into the show, I want to see something crazy. When you go to PA, even if it's advertised as hardcore, you're like, eh. The biggest spot they'll do is a bar bar spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can't do much else. Definitely can't do fire. That's like, that's just a fucking no no. And glass, you can't do so. Cinder blocks, I think that's something I'd like to see in PA. Um, I think that's a good weapon to use. Uh, usually I like to see cinder blocks with glass, though. You know what I mean? Like cinder- Sure, yeah. That's like the best combination. So I'd still take cinder blocks over that, though. I mean, on point can't use glass either. Um, they've kind of found creative ways to get around and, and bring some new weapons, like, you know, the, the, um, like the barbecue brushes for the grill. Yeah, that's I know you liked um, crazy shit. I didn't even see the match, but I, I really liked the idea because I could just imagine that I would fuck somebody up. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially, um, I think next year they're trying to top it off, so they're trying to cover all the ropes in the in the in the brushes. With, okay, yep. I think that's what they had this year. Is they had like boards taped to the ropes? No. Yeah, yeah. I think they're just trying to go all out and like like triple them out. It wasn't like you know the whole ring was covered in them, but yeah, they had they had like boards. I think they had some ropes covered in them. Um, oh, okay, and those things aren't cheap. I mean, you you know, you're getting a couple hundred of those things, man. It's a lot of fucking, a lot of fucking money. Yeah, fans so. bring the grill brush. Yeah, yeah, do that. But uh, I'm I'm actually excited to see Abyss uh, against Tremont. I'm not the biggest Abyss fan either, but it's another one of those dream matches that I'm sure Tremont probably wanted to do um, on his you know summer of death or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, nice name to throw up there with Onita. Uh, Gage, Supreme, etc. Um, sure. I believe one more match they had. Gage is on the show, you said? Or? Yeah, it's Gage against Homicide. Ah, okay. So, if you really look at it, I think I think those four matches, for the most part, they can main event most, most indie shows um, around this area. And uh, they're, they're doing it big, man. They're doing it fucking big. I mean, Homicide and, and Nick Gage, I think... That says it all right there. It's, you know, you're not going to see tubes or anything, but they're going to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, yeah, for That'd sure. To be great. I mean, those four matches already drew me in, and uh, they're bringing in um, Private Party against, uh, I think it's called Death by Kicks, 
you know, those House of, House of Glory guys. Mm-hmm. Matt Travis. I forgot the other dude's name. The black dude with the the mohawk and shit. Um, he did the acid cup. He was he was the H- Ken Broadway. Ken Broadway. Yeah, yeah. I keep hearing about this Matt Travis dude, but I've never really seen him. But I, I keep hearing good things about him. Yeah, I like both of them, man. I like I really like both of them. Um, especially their their personality. Matt, Tra- Matt Travis dude. Actually, I talked to him about like no wrestling, just just hip hop and uh, hmm. down to earth dude. Like I, I like those type of dudes. He reminds me of like a. You know, like a homicide, like a young homicide, that those type of dudes. Um, they are all from from the Bronx, so they mostly do like New York shows. But yeah. I'd love to see them more out here. I know they've been doing fucking dojo wars. It's like, come on, dude, they're better than your fucking roster. I don't know why they're not on the main roster. You know. Yeah. The homicide gauge immediately just reminds me of when homicide was yelling at Jonathan Gresham that. I will take you to Nick Cage and let him rape you in prison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was still locked up, and that was his threat. Yeah. Was He was going to bring him to Nick Cage for him to rape him in prison. So when I hear that they're wrestling each other, that's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, that's a big woman <laughs> I'm trying to avoid, man. But, uh, I wonder if he ever did rape Jonathan Gresham. Hopefully not. I don't think Jonathan Gresham's been in cell block 38. <laughs> well, he's been out a you know, couple of weeks, a month. Too, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. No. Watch, watch, yes, Gresham. Yeah, but uh, I- I'm definitely looking forward to that Matt Travis and Ken Broadway dude. They were at the GCW show. Well, Ken Broadway was. Um, Matt okay. Travis, I haven't seen too much of, um, especially in person. I've never seen him wrestle yet. But uh, Ken Broadway, he was in he was in the Acid Cup. Their whole gimmick is you know murder by by kicks. So they're like doing like super stiff kicks and uh, nice. yeah, like real stiff shit. So. I like their style, man. I mean, uh, trained by the amazing Red, so you wouldn't expect anything less. Um, right. So I'd like to see those guys out here more. And uh, Private Party, they, they got trained with those guys. So these guys know each other very well. So, you know, going to a different company, it's always a great idea to bring in. Um, if you're bringing in WrestlePro guys, put them together. If you're bringing in CCW guys, put them together. They know each other. You know, let them, let them go all out and do what they do best. And um, those guys, they've wrestled each other a fucking thousand times. Every House of Glory card you look at, it's, it's pretty much those guys working against each other. So I'm sure this will be good. Yeah, it's always been a good idea to debut guys from somewhere else together and let them just tear it up. I mean, you know, back at CZW, they used to do that with, you know, again, uh, Amazing Red and the SAT versus Divine Storm and Brian XL. That was like the match. They ran that match a ton of times, ton of different combinations, you know, singles tag, three-way tag, you know, the whole deal. Uh I mean, they brought in M-Dog and Josh Prohibition. They had them work each other for a shitload of time. When they first brought in Ricochet, it was Ricochet and Chuck Taylor were the the combo, and you'd see those two guys wrestle all over the place. So, yeah, I mean, they're that's always a good thing to do. You know, you want to bring in and showcase two guys that aren't really regulars to their, you know, have them work each other until they actually, you know, make a path in the company and start doing their own thing. Yeah, for sure. Even SAT and um, Amazing Red, they were doing the same kind of matches that they were in CCW and in other spots. And th- th- you know, that's like another feud that kind of traveled from from company to company, kind of like a CM Punk and Chris Hero. Um, yeah, you would see them do the same match in ICW, um, Jersey All Pro, etc. So, or Jimmy Jacobs, Alex Shelley, that was another one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, CCW did that a ton. IWA. Yep. But um, real quick, man, I want I want to mention this. Uh, this this almost happens on a, on a weekly basis now, which is like extremely annoying, and it always stems down to CZW. Uh, not a fan of fucking just CZW staff, 
wrestlers, anybody that's, you know, in, in the quote-unquote business, um, telling fans how to feel about a certain show. Never been a fan of this shit, man. And it's it's so disappointing to be friends with a lot of these people on Facebook because the more I, I see them uh, put posts up and, and interact with them, the more I don't like these people. You know what I mean? Um, so basically what happened is, obviously, Cookie Guy uh, put out some things about TOD, how he wasn't feeling TOD, you know, uh, the company doesn't give a shit about TOD anymore. A lot of the guys that work for the company, they, they love TOD, which, uh, again, I, I think I was a little too harsh on TOD. Watching it back, I think it was a better show than I than I did say it was. Um, mm-hmm. However, I don't think it's it's one of the great ones. I do think it, it was kind of lackluster. It wasn't the greatest one. Sure. Again, my opinion. I, I don't, you know, I don't need 13 wrestlers commenting oh like the effort was there or like if you don't like it why do you even come like it's just it's just annoying to me to have to explain why to somebody that's that's in the business that i would expect professional than that but basically lyle uh the photographer of czw which was a guy that i i I respected a lot and i still do respect his work obviously just kind of annoyed by him the way he carries himself recently um he put a post up basically mentioning the cookie guy uh, saying that he's going to see now since he's he's gotten older, and um, I remember he corrected me a few times about my my TOD thoughts, and I didn't like it. So I put something up there with like you know, it's annoying that all these CCW guys are trying to dictate how, how what people's opinions are. And he was basically saying like, oh, I never took shots at anybody. So I went back and I got the screenshot from Connor Claxton's um, Facebook where he clearly is taking shots at everybody, not just one person. Saying you're an idiot if you think uh, Connor Claxton sucks, which is fucking retarded to me because it's it's an opinion, dude. You can't be you you can't be wrong. If I think the guy sucks, the guy sucks. I don't know what to tell you. If you like it, that's good for you, man. I mean, you probably have dinner with the guy, etc. That's cool, man. I understand you're biased, but I just I don't appreciate these guys like reaching out and trying to like argue with you. And say you're an idiot and you don't understand and this, that, and a third. And then uh, he gets mad for, for people criticizing his opinion when the same guy literally just said people are idiots for thinking the guy sucks. You're criticizing people for their opinion. So if you're dishing that shit out, dude, you got to be able to take it back. You know what I mean? Like, you can't be this fucking hypocritical, you know? You can't, you can't just do that. You can't just fucking tell people how to feel and, and somebody challenges you on it and, and you want to, you know, take your ball and run with it and say, it, it was funny because he put a post up earlier because I guess Don Morocco like commented on his pictures. <laughs> oh, ridiculous shit. And uh, he was like, oh, ma- this made my day. It's going to be a great day. Don Morocco commented on my photo. It's like, eh, I don't know, man. That's a little weird. And then uh, he, after I got in a little, you know, debate with him, he put a he put a, a comment up right after it saying, "Well, my good day is ruined. <laughs> ruined your day by going back and forth." Yeah, I'm sorry, man. You have to. That's that's on you. You know, like that's completely on you. I would never have my rate my day ruined because I argued about wrestling with a fucking fan on Facebook at that. Not even in person, where like my tone offended you or anything like that. Like, you can't even hear me. You're getting mad at, at words that I type where I didn't even say anything too bad. I just said, like, man up. I said, you're acting like a man child. You got to man up. Right. And I didn't want to be too disrespectful because the guy's, like, like, six years old. I don't want to, like, I'm not, like, challenging the guy to, like, fight me. You know what I mean? Like, 
just saying, like, dude, man up. You're being emotional. Like, yeah, you're letting me get to you by saying I don't like your opinion. Like, that shouldn't ruin your day, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. You you saw this. Any, any thoughts? Yeah. All right. Um, for starters, I, I liked... I like Lyle a lot less than I than I used to like Lyle. Um, I I always respected Lyle. I was probably the only dude that interviewed him on the podcast, or one of the only people who's you know brought him on as a guest on the podcast because I did respect everything he's done for CZW so much, and he was the main photographer. That was the guy in the line of fucking fire at every tournament of death and and cage of death and i mean that dude was there and he was always really really respectful um you know we were fans for over 10 years 12 years whatever the number was when i stopped going but um and he he'd always come over to talk to us and he was always really polite and i feel like in the past you know a couple years he's gotten really bitter and and fucking weird um borderline creepy in my opinion and, um, you know, the one thing that really hit a nerve with me was with the toilet paper incident. When they started throwing the toilet paper and um, they were nailing uh, Maria Manic and um, uh, the Feinstein kid. And they were more or less like uh, calling it on. Um, and, and the other, uh, Brittany Blake. And they were like taunting fans. Like on the internet, they'd be like, you almost hit me with that toilet paper. Try again. <laughs> you know, like they were like fucking pointing out like yeah i'm a ninja dodging this toilet paper like you know and they're letting people walk in with like the fucking bj's pack of fucking toilet paper fucking costco fucking hand they must have been like hand carting fucking toilet paper in there because they would throw like 15 rolls a piece like you can't just carry that in i mean that's a fucking big pack of toilet paper so it was like so fucking welcomed and then shit yeah man they weren't lofting them like streamers anymore they were firing them like fucking baseballs and i'm sitting at home laughing my ass off because it's tremendously entertaining to this boring segment that they're doing but there was a point where he took this fucking white horse fucking stance and on fucking camera on iPay-per-view or whatever they were doing stood in front of the performer to block toilet paper from hitting them because he he was offended that they were throwing things at a woman and he was going to take a stance and it was on fucking camera like i'm sorry man that that crossed the, you're not a performer you're not security you're a camera guy if you're so fucking offended talk to the owner which he did but talk to the owner and say, dude, I don't want to be here if you're allowing them to fire toilet paper at women. But honestly, the women were okay with it because they were taunting the fans online. But I just thought it was just like a real fucking weird stance for a cameraman to take to be like, I'll protect you from these projectiles. Like, dude, wait, it's a heel fucking character on the show and you're a cameraman. How is this shit okay? Like, it's just to me, it just came off as really fucking weird. And, you know, he's taken these, like, high moral ground stances on a lot of things on Facebook, including, like, the, if you think this show sucked, you're a fucking idiot or whatever. And he doesn't do a lot of cursing, so I'm adding that the cursing is me. But um, you're an idiot. And it's just like, all right, Jericho. You, you know, you, you're just on the, online calling people idiots because they don't like the show. And then on, on the post you're talking about, he said... I, I'm not allowed to breathe a word of positivity about CZW. Well, that's exactly the stance you're taking on negativity towards CZW. Yeah. 
you're allowed to say positive things, but just because someone says something on in the other direction doesn't mean you're an idiot, they're an idiot, whatever the case is. And Cookie Guy, he had fucking donated or uh, contributed so much money to CZW over the years, above and beyond just fucking buying tickets. So, you know, just to decide, you know, that because all these years he's been supporting, he sees something he doesn't like, a change in the company that he doesn't like, and you're going to be the guy to go, you're absolutely wrong and you're an idiot if you feel that way. Well, that that's shitty because that's a guy who supported the company more than most people have. And, you know, to take that stance and just be like, all right, you know, if you don't like it, then you should not attend. I mean, you're just writing off people who've been, in, been with the company as long as the company's existed. I mean, maybe you shouldn't be so quick to just write everybody off the second that they don't like something you're doing. I do that in life because I don't need these motherfuckers, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need these people online on my Facebook page. So if I don't like some shit they're up to, I'm like, I'll see you later forever. But, I mean, if you're running a company, you should probably, you know. And and it's not his company. He can have his opinion. If he enjoys every single thing that happens, great. But just don't be so offended at the other side. And like I said, sometimes it does get a little on the on the creepy side. Like, why are you so fucking invested in someone feeling this? And he kept saying, you know, Connor Claxton, they're not understanding. It's really hard to get to the finals. It's not hard at all. The owner books the fucking match and says, you're going to the finals today, kid. And, and that's how easy it is. Death matches, of course, are extremely difficult, dangerous, and, and really hard to go through. Sure. But it's not hard to get to the finals. That's, that's Some fucking owner decides what happens. That's like saying it's hard to win a wrestling match. It's really not. No, man, the, the, thing, the thing that gets me, too, is um, Jeez. like he kept like, correcting me, saying, oh, I didn't say people were idiots for, for, saying, for not liking T.O.D., I'm saying they're idiots because Conor Claxton got to the finals twice, and it's really hard to do that. Same really, it's like, dude, like, come he's on. He's really passive-aggressive. He makes, like, these blanket statements, and then you go, like, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, first off, I wasn't talking to you, and it's like, yeah. all right, dude, settle the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was like, <laughs> yeah, he said something about, like, people not tagging him, like, talking about him, and then uh, he went out and said, oh, wonderful, like, I guess the guy I was talking about you is, is you. You know, so problem solved. And it's like, dude, any time I've challenged you, I tag you in the post. Like, I'm not saying it. Like, I'm saying it on your wall, man. Like, I don't, I don't know what other, how much more blatant you can be. Like, I'm, I'm literally on your wall, tagging you in it. So I'm not trying to like throw like subliminal shots at you. I'm not even taking shots at you. I'm just saying I didn't like the show. You did. That's great. Like, just don't call me a fucking idiot for not liking it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. It's nothing to argue over. It's my opinion, and it's against your opinion. You keep yours. I keep mine. Like, you know, I'm not. I'm not coming on here telling people they're dickheads for liking Tod. If you like, that's awesome. That's good for you. I like Tod. So, yeah, so that's not exactly. Stupid. So good for you. I'm not on you in But uh, you know, and this is just a huge part of what just separates me so much from from wrestling and and you know attending and all that. It's just just these high and mighty fucking attitudes. Like you can't you can't dislike that. What the fuck is wrong with you? Those guys, that hurts when they hit the mat. Like oh, okay, fuck fuck off. Yeah. I, I just. I understand. I understand the whole concept of everything. Now I'm just not allowed to not like things. Okay. I just I just don't want to be involved in shit like that. I don't want to be around it. If that's the case, whatever. I'll watch the shit from home. I'll tell someone I, I could actually have a conversation with. 
whether I liked it or not, and you can do whatever you do. And it's it's funny because it's it's not like like when people are expressing their opinions, it's typically not on like a wrestler's page. It's like on their own page. Like they came home or like on the defend the death match or whatever the you know those groups saying like oh TOD sucked. It's not like people are just going like leaving a fucking you know comments on his page just saying oh TOD sucked. Like I didn't even have you involved in the conversation. You saw it somewhere else and and you got offended by it. So like. That's even more weird to me that, that you're, like, Facebook stalking people to, like, disagree with them and holding grudges for, like, weeks and, and calling them idiots, like, a week and a half later. It's like, eh, I don't know, dude. And it's not just him. Like, Gacy's doing that with the with the fucking fans, you know. Yeah. As much as I like Janela, Janela gets, gets cocky and gets offended over shit like this. Like, I just, I just don't like it. I just don't like being told what to do. And, like, like Game Changer, like, same thing happened with, like – and Eddie Kingston, I, I love Eddie Kingston as, as a talent, but he went against this dude that I, I'm not a fan of, and I thought, quite frankly, the guy sucked. He was terrible. And uh, the match was dead. Nobody gave a shit. Worst match of the night. And um, that, typically, I don't say that about Eddie Kingston, worst match of the night, you know? Right. Not a, not a good match. You know, it was just very bland, whatever. And then he got on the mic because the, the crowd was so dead for the match. Like, you can literally hear the AC running, you know? Not <laughs> a single fucking purple. Dude, when this DVD comes out, you will hear the AC running. Well, at least there was AC. There was AC. Um, then he got on the microphone and said, hey, like, you know, glad you guys came out Allentown, this, then, and the third, and kind of, you know, pandered for a second to get the crowd going. And then, hey, man, I know you guys don't know this guy. Um, he's not familiar with the Northeast. You know, you got to get up and clap for this guy, though. You have to get up and show your respect. This guy is big talent where he's at. He's killing it. I'd love to have another match. And then, you know, as soon as he said, you have to get up and then clap for this guy, the whole fucking crowd gets up. I'm literally, me and another person are sitting down. I just don't like being told what to do. Like, if I don't like the guy, I'm not, I'm not impressed. I'm not getting up to clap for something I'm, I just almost fell asleep through. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I got tired of the whole fucking train seal act as a whole with the, with the crowd. Like, I always thought, like, you should clap because something happened that entertained you. Not because the wrestler goes, you know, now clap for me. Everybody say, oh, <laughs> like, you know, like crowd participation shit, like a fucking pep rally, you know, a gauge, like, what's my fucking name? Say it to me. Like, all right, Nick fucking gauge. Nick fucking, you know, sometimes, he, you know, he, he demands you chant his name, like do that shit, like off of actual, you know, reaction. And, and it happens naturally. So it's I don't know I I've gotten tired of that that train seal act where people go to the top rope and like wave their hands around until people clap and then the other guy goes to the top rope and he gets the people to clap and it's like oh, can we finish this shit and just have the fucking match already you know make entertainment happen and the people will clap I, I don't know that's just me yeah that's the worst when uh when it's like a dead crowd and I've actually noticed Janola does this a lot. He'll start clapping to get the, the crowd going. And, like, you know, five people will do it. And then, you know, other people kind of feel like they have to join in. It's not natural, you know. So it's like a dead clap, you know. It's, like, kind of forced. It's just it's just weird to me, man. But that, I, just, I wasn't a fan of uh, guys telling me to get up and clap and show respect for something. I just, I, I didn't find it entertaining at all, you know. If, like, the guy was over and he got over with the crowd, the crowd would have been invested in the guy. Then he was shit, so... Yeah, a lot of it's just commonplace in wrestling. Just, I mean, you know, the same as the cheap pop shit where you come out and put over the city that you're wrestling in or, 
shit on the city if you're a heel. It's like, okay. I mean, are you really, you guys really falling for that? You know, like, they go to Philly and be like, those Eagles suck. And everyone's like, woo, fuck you. It's like, really? All right. <laughs> Settle down. I mean, you guys are acting very easy. <laughs> but like with Kingston, it just seemed like he was like friends with a guy. You know what I mean? That's fine. Really wanted to like help the guy get over with the crowd. So hopefully like Game Changer will bring him back. Because I'm sure, you know, like Lauderdale and Danny looking at the crowd reaction, they're probably like, eh. Let's not use this guy again, you know. And uh, with him cutting that promo and asking for a rematch, kind of like almost puts him in a weird position where they like kind of have to book that, otherwise it's awkward, you know. So I just I I don't particularly want to see this match again. But uh, I guess I guess we can talk about the game changer in uh, Allentown real quick. Uh, I did not know there's another game changer world. Um, this one is this this is a game changer world. This thing. Yeah, same thing, same thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is... And that's that's kind of cool on there. Yeah, because, like, Game Changer at Game Changer, traveling almost, like, with the building, you know what I mean? It's kind of cool to see them in different different Game Changers. Um, this one is, is similar, same kind of concept, like, you know, arcade games. They had a basketball court. They had, like, a mountain climbing little section where you can uh, do that. They had uh, two different balconies, which is pretty cool because, like, you know, like ton of spots from there yeah it looked really cool as far as you know spot wise like it, you know there was a lot of different opportunities for them to do silly shit all over the place yeah and the owner was like marking out for the show so mm. i'm sure he he would love to have them back um with you mentioning the venues uh kind of helping out maybe with the talent and uh taking a cut from that um you did have to pay the venue this time um even lauderdale told me he was like yeah i'm not handling the tickets today it's, it's them so I'm guessing, you know, they, they probably put up some money for this show. Huh. And there was, what, like 80 people there? Yeah, probably. I would say about 80 people. Not a not crowd. Um, I know they're coming back to Allentown again. They're hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you never know. Like a couple months ago at Game Changer and Howl, they were drawing 80 people. And now at shows, like four or 500 people. So hopefully uh, they can get some more people coming in. But, I mean, they clearly can't do what they do in Howl. In Allentown, no blood, no, no, like, park. Right. They got to run a different type of show. Yeah, yeah. And even on the poster, it said, like, family friendly. And, like, everybody that came on the microphone was just like, motherfuck this, <laughs> bitch. I'm like, yeah, it's not very really family friendly, you know? Uh, you know, but it was, it was, it was fine. Um, I did really like the show for what it was. You know, like, I wasn't going in there expecting, like, a fucking razor board or anything like that. So right. I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, when I went to the show, the show started out with Call of Beast and Homicide. Um, this was a pretty good match. Um, Call of Beast, I really honestly think the guy is underrated as far as you know his in-ring work because he, he did put on a good match. I just I just don't like the gimmick. I just think it's so silly to come out um, claiming you're from the woods. <laughs> it's fucking silly. 2017 to say. And you got face paint. Where the fuck is there face paint in the woods? Yeah, exactly, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> this is weird. You're um, like your shit is way too clean to be living in the woods. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, I just, and like the guy looks like a wrestler, so he's fine without the paint. Like, dude, you just come out and just be normal and just be you, and it's, it's totally fine. I think you'll, you'll probably get a better reaction than claiming you're from the woods. But, uh, yeah. Just, no one believes you. Yeah. It's 2017, man. That, that shit could have got, got away with it in like 89, 90 <laughs> nowadays. Eh, 
not happening. But he would have looked like he was from the woods, you know? He would have wore, like, fucking half a tree or something, you know? He would have had, like, bushes as his fucking gear. Yeah. He's, like, dressed as, like, a, like a warlord or, like, a viking or some shit like that. Yeah. It's just, it's just weird. I'm not I'm not too big on it. But uh, I did like this match, though. I mean, if, you know, aside from his character, I, I did like the match. It was a good match. Um, kind of crazy to see, like, 80 people there and, and all these, you know, TNA guys and other people on this card, Ricky Steamboat, you know, like pretty big names on there. Um, yeah. Luckily for them, I know Allentown has this thing called the pro wrestling shop slash museum. It's uh, run by uh, Bud Carson. He's, he's been like, you know, doing like uh ticket selling and stuff like that for like a long time, doing a lot of autograph signings and all that stuff. So he brings in a lot of these legends to Allentown. So if I had to take a wild guess, I would say that, uh, Angelina Love and um, Boxman. What's that other chick's name? Uh, Bully Ray's uh, girlfriend. Velvet Sky. Velvet yeah, Sky. Velvet Sky. Um, Ricky Steamboat. I'm guessing a lot of those guys probably had appearances and they were in town. Um, I don't see them reaching out to like a Velvet Sky to come in. I don't think that's like the first name that pops up in their head. They probably saw like, oh, she's doing a signing in Allentown that day. And uh, they were doing signings in Allentown. So, so she was on the show? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, she went against uh, Penelope Ford, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, the second match was uh, probably my second favorite match of the night, surprisingly. It was uh, Ken Broadway and, and another guy from uh, House of Glory, which I wasn't too big on that guy. But um, Private Party and Ken Broadway, they fucking killed it. Which um, I would have seen. This is like one of those situations I would have just rather seen Matt Travis come in and um, use his actual tag team partner, not some other dude from, from the company. But, All right. This was a good match. There was a ton of fucking, like, just, like, weird spots. They were just, you know, smashing each other into arcades, which uh, the owner was, like, running around freaking out. Cause, you know, <laughs> got 80 people in here. and got a fucking couple thousand dollar, you know, arcade game system. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to tack on to the bill today. Thanks, guys. Right, right. So they were doing a, a ton of spots with the arcades. Uh, they did have a basketball court. Um, I think Mark Quinn was. He, he climbed the, the top of the pole. And then uh, he fucking did like a swanton off of there onto Matt Travis, um, which was kind of risky because it's, it's a basketball court. It's not like, you know, it's not fucking, it's floor. It's not, you know, there's no fucking mats. Right. And uh, there wasn't like 16 dudes down there waiting to catch him. It was one guy. So that was, that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah. I did this, they did this one spot that I liked. They laid down Matt, Matt uh, not Matt Travis, uh, Ken Broadway underneath the net and, uh, <laughs> They scored, and the basketball fell directly on his face, right underneath it. So, you know, <laughs> did a bunch of, like, cool, like, little spots like that, which was fun. Uh, yeah. Rolled outside, you know, hit each other with cold cheeseburgers and shit like that. They basically went all over the, all over the arena. Um, well, that was a good match. I, I did like that one. They're still your uh, Game Changer World Tag Team Champions, which... You didn't bring the cheeseburgers you hit them with, right? No, no. Actually, I don't even know if they hit them with cheeseburgers. It was some kind of food. Um, oh, I forgot to bring up that you did like the I'm the first guy here thing again. Yeah, well, it was actually falsely uh, advertised from, from what I can recall because it said 6 p.m. bell time on the Facebook invitation. And I showed up there at 5.50 and uh, I saw Lauderdale. I'm like, are you guys starting on time? Because it's, it's me and three other cars, man. <laughs> it's you know, 10 minutes to bell time. It's four cars in the parking lot. And he's like, yeah, 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 we're starting on time. We're starting at 7.30. I'm like, oh, I thought it was 6. Fuck, man. I could have gone home, fucking walked the dogs, showered, ate, and came back, you know? 
But uh, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I don't, I think they kind of knew um, it was going to be a smaller show. He said he would have been proud. He would have been happy with 200 people showing up. So you got 80. Um, but it is what it is. So he was like less than half happy. Yeah, it was less than half happy. But um, it didn't, I didn't, I didn't get to them. I mean, they didn't seem like they were stressed out or anything. So, you know, and they're kind of investing in right now. But uh, yeah. the first two matches were, were definitely good. I enjoyed them. They had the scramble match, which uh, was supposed to have Grim Reefer in there, which I was really disappointed about because I'm a big fan of Grim Reefer. Uh, I guess he injured himself the, the night prior. Um, so he can come back. I asked actually Danny DeMonts about it. I was like, dude, like, what the fuck happened to Reefer? No, he told me he was like, yeah, he got injured. And he was like, dude, I, you mentioned you wanted to see him. So, uh, so we, we were actually bringing him in. And then uh, that didn't happen. So hopefully, eventually you'll see Grim Reefer in GCW. Um, before he retires, but yeah, it was uh, that dude, uh, Brandon Kirk, uh, the, the tag team partner of Cannonball. I think they were called the Rogues and JCW or GCW, old GCW. Um, I've never, I've never been big on that guy. He did like one man. Me either. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Um, so it was that dude? It was Facade. It was uh, Jimmy Lloyd, um, and then a couple other no name guys. Uh, I wasn't too big on this match. I mean, there was there was some cool spots. There was this one spot that just that was just cringeworthy. Uh, Facade's girl like climbed the the rock, the rock climbing station, and she like got shook when she was up there. She didn't really think it through to see like because it's hard to moonsault off the wall. You know what I mean? Like you can't. You gotta like be able to hold on to something, or you gotta have some kind of space to be able to moonsault. So she was just kind of stuck, and she just kind of let go and uh, <laughs> fell onto them. You know, and it wasn't it wasn't much of a spot. And it only took about, like, five minutes. So you got these guys pretending like they're hurt down there, waiting for her to get her shit together to fall down for, like, five minutes, which is, like, awkward as shit, you know. And I hate those spots when they have, like, ten dudes waiting for somebody to die. And they're all <laughs> yeah. looking like idiots, you know. It's like, come on, man. At least, like, pretend to punch each other for a little bit, you know. But uh, that match was whatever. I wasn't, I wasn't too big on that match. Um, you had uh, Joey Janela and Scott Norton. Uh which I guess is their second match. They had one in AIW, I think. Um, this is what it is, you know. It wasn't. I didn't expect it to be a great match. Um, it was kind of stiff. Like it was mostly like kick, kick, punch, chop. Um, I'll give it to him. Like the chops were like you know pretty pretty stiff, and he tried with what he had with Scott Norton. You know, like people. Um, and I think the reason why they brought these guys and they were going to bring in guys like Manny Fernandez was because. Allentown is is like a you know old school wrestling territory. It's an area that WWF used to run a lot. Um, tons of indies back in the day and shit like that. So I think uh, they were kind of depending on like Allentown, you know, having wrestling again. A lot of those older fans coming in and a guy like a Scott Norton or Manny Fernandez that would be like a big draw for them. So I think that's why they. Uh, I don't see them bringing in you know like fucking Scott Norton to do this and and Howl on a deathmatch show, but. Uh, it was what it was, man. I wasn't, it wasn't a great match or anything. It wasn't bad. I didn't find myself like wanting to walk away from it or anything. But it was what it was, you know. Uh, yeah. Any any matches you were particularly excited about aside from? Um, I mean, the, the, if I had to look at the card and say two matches that I would want to see was definitely um, Q, formerly Joker. Uh, versus uh, Tremont and the uh, the main of Teddy and, and Gage. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's pretty much it. Yeah, so those are actually like you know the two matches that I enjoyed for the most part, aside from the tag team match. Um, 
we had uh, Penelope Ford and Angelina, not Angelina Love. That, the other chick's name. What the fuck? Velvet, Velvet Sky. There yeah. Um, of course, I walked away. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, man, don't shake your head, man. Come on, Boxman. You should know better. I don't give a shit about this. I was the only person that walked away from this. All the, all the, all the guys were like, you know, drooling and shit over Velvet Sky. Was, yeah. 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 I mean, you could at least stare at her ass for a few minutes. You know. I mean, it's not even. Something, something to do. I don't know. You know. I've uh, I've grown to respect the shit out of Elvis Guy. I always, you know, I mean, she's always been a good looking woman and everything. But um, I, I've noticed more and more recently that she's really, really heavy into like cat rescue and like you know, really, really working with trying to help adoptable animals and stuff. So I've I've grown to really respect her just through her out of the ring ventures and. Her, she's like really, really like in touch with nature and shit like that. So that, that that makes me respect people a lot more than just seeing some you know vapid broad that does nothing but fucking collect handbags and all of that bullshit. Do her fucking nails. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, next match was Matt Tremont coming out and uh, he's going against Q. Obviously, formerly known as Joker. Uh, him being the replacement for Manny Fernandez because I guess Manny's got like some kind of. Uh, pretty bad skin condition i think he's getting some crazy rashes i don't, I don't know what's going on with that dude but um i wasn't complaining dude because I, I would have much rather see q go against matt tremont versus a uh, matt tremont and manny fernandez match um match only lasted about maybe two minutes tops uh his kneecap i guess uh what he he dislocated his kneecap i think is what he said yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, he dislocated his kneecap, um, no breaks. Um, he went for x-rays, and it's good on no breaks. Um, thinking that there's no ligament damage, he has to, I think, get an MRI. Um, he still has to go do that. But, you know, it happened on a really, really simple thing, so it really scared the shit out of him because, uh, you know, it, it was. he said all he did is hopped over Matt for, like, the leapfrog, went for the drop down, and his knee just buckled. He said he thinks it's the ring. Because, you know, you saw what happened to Scott Summers. You know, it was just a DVD spot. Yeah. And um, it, it was just, you know, just a simple thing. So you could do your best to try to be careful and stay away from any super crazy dangerous spots. But on top of that, you know, to just be doing a simple movement. And really, I mean, this guy has a legitimate, um, you know, regular job you know as a ceo and everything and you know he works his ass off wrestling has become a very very part-time thing to him and he kind of picks and chooses his bookings it's like you know if he wants to do it he wants to do it and he'll you know pick some bookings that he likes he's like the gcw bookings the jersey all pro bookings but you don't see joker q all over the place because it's just not his deal anymore he has a real job he has a family this dude lives a legit really good life you know, busts his ass, and um, he, he's a very, very responsible dude that takes care of shit. So when it comes to wrestling, it, this is a side thing. This is not like, a you know, the future of anything for him, and he's so fucking entertaining to watch, so the fans get the bonus out of that when he actually does, you know, pick a booking. So he's, he's rare to see, but when he does, it's, it's well, well worth it. You just hate to see a guy who does it on such a part-time basis you get hurt on such a simple movement like that, you know? So, uh... Best wishes to him, you know, hopefully that shit doesn't require surgery. He's thinking it might. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I talked to him a little bit about it, and, you know, he, he had said that this might be it. You know, if uh, if it requires surgery, it's such a major thing. This guy's going to have to take all his vacation time now just 
to maintain his job, you know, off of some shit that he, he only kind of did part-time as something he wanted to do, not something he needed to do or expected a future from. So, again, best wishes go out to that dude. You know, I hope everything goes the best possible way it can go. And, um, you know, uh, comes out on top, man. It, you know, they started doing this Lucha Cartel thing, you know, with uh, him, Homicide, Key. And then, you know, it seems like they're adding a little more to it, uh, possibly Kingston getting involved in it and stuff. And, you know, it was so exciting to see this click form together, the unstoppable force. And yeah. such a fucking shame. Such a little simple thing happened and, uh, yeah, really just fucked things up. And I think Black Jesus is a part of that too so it's yeah see those guys all together again yeah this was a legitimate scary because i wasn't paying attention to exactly what happened and um i just kind of saw him like collapse so i didn't know if it was actual like a like if he just passed out or you know what the case may have been but uh i knew it was definitely serious because they stopped the match and um the crowd went silent you know what I mean? And then as soon as you saw Rory, which, you know, he wasn't booked or anything. He was just there because he's friends with him. As soon as you saw him run into the ring in the locker room, kind of clear out, um, you knew it was, it was legitimate and, you know, it's something, something pretty serious. And um, they had to carry him out. Uh, ton of respect to this dude because, like, he was, like, apologizing to everybody. You know, like, sorry, guys. So, you know, totally. I apologize. I, you know, obviously, I didn't mean it for this to happen. It's like, dude, it's fine, dude. Like, it's it's fucking wrestling event with 80 people like your health is obviously way more important than fucking you know mad again a match against anybody for that matter not just Tremont. um but yeah i mean best wishes to that guy man i, I would hate to see him retire but uh totally understand why he would um it's just unfortunate man because i think he him doing more gcw um entertained me personally a lot because there was just a ton of matches that i wanted to see him in um, they kind of teased him and Schlack. Um, you yeah. know, even him and Tremont I would love to see still. Um, which, if he is retiring, I think he's at least going to do one more match and at least do, like, the rematch of Tremont just to kind of fill that void and, and, you know, call it a day. But who knows? I mean, we'll see. I mean, if this is some shit, seriously, surgery, and it affects his, his actual life and job and stuff like that, and it might be nice to wrap up this or that in wrestling. But if it becomes, you know healing from a surgery and then trying to, I mean, it was something so simple. It's like, okay, how do you avoid doing that? Like you, you do a leapfrog and drop down spot and you might just dislocate your knee. I don't know. I mean, it, it's completely in that dude's hands. He's a bad, bad motherfucker. I mean, if that shit, uh, you know, if recovery time is six months, it's probably going to be three for Joker. Cause he's, he's a fucking animal. Um, the dude actually tried to pop his knee back in like fucking lethal weapon shit <laughs> backstage. He said like, even afterwards he, he went back. He's like, I can't even believe I was trying to pop my back and my knee back in. <laughs> it's just like, he's a fucking madman, you know? Yeah. I told the post to put off where, uh, you know, he asked like Rory, like, what is my knee? On? He was like, yeah, you don't want to look at it, man. <laughs> Looks fucked up. <laughs> kneecap is in the back of your goddamn knee man probably, yeah probably should take it easy but um so it's kind of weird that it went from manny fernandez to, to q and then uh he left so uh jimmy lloyd came out shit went downhill yeah shit, shit went down <laughs> shit went down sure <laughs> shit got worse bad uh, real real fast i was expecting like kingston or homicide to replace him 
Um, I assumed obviously one of them was going to go with him to the hospital, but you know, Rory was there. So I expected like one of those guys to kind of step in and just, you know, <laughs> do that match. Uh, I definitely thought it was going to be homicide. Uh, but Jimmy Lloyd came out probably the best Jimmy Lloyd match I've ever seen to be 100% honest with you. Um, and the reason was because there wasn't really any spots at all. It was just Matt Tremont just beating the shit out of him with a chair and throwing him through like six tables. So I mean, you can't go too wrong with seeing just somebody get fucking, you know, manslaughtered. Uh, I'll take your word for it because there's not a chance I'm ever going to watch that match. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this was what it was. I mean, nobody was like complaining or anything. People are pretty understanding of a guy, you know, popping his knee out. You got to kind of yeah. call it a night. Um, so it is what it is. Then uh, this took us to the main event, which was uh, Teddy Hart and uh, Nick Nick fucking Gage. Nick freaking Gage. Nick freaking Gage, according to MLJ. Um, I expected a lot out of this match, you know. And uh, it was a good match for for, for what happened. Because I'm pretty sure Teddy fucked himself up, too. Um, I think, I don't remember exactly what spot it was. He was trying to do a couple of Canadian Destroyers. He, by the way, he's got to stop doing the Canadian Destroyer. Just, <laughs> dude, the last, like, six times, he's attempted it. He's botched it every single time. Like, like terrible. Yeah. You know, like, not, like, off by little. You know, I'm talking about, like, halfway getting the guy there, the guy not even pumping off the ground and just selling it. You know, it just, it looks silly. The one I saw, um, I think you sent me the clip, and the dude, he landed on his back. Yeah, like if the the Canadian destroyer, you just imagine he doesn't get all the way over so much so that he landed on his back with Gage on top of him. Like this shit looks retarded. I, I don't know. Like you know, I wasn't there, so I can't really take like the full match into account. This was one of the matches I definitely would be looking forward to. Of course, they killed any possible kayfabe because uh, those guys were pretty much together like attended a show together the night before at dojo wars like <laughs> come on guys gage like swears off czw forever until teddy's in town and he's gonna wrestle him the following day and it's like hey you want to go catch a show like what the fuck is happening I, it, this shit doesn't matter to anybody anymore but um so anyway uh I, I was really looking forward to this you know for what it could be um all the clips I saw, not all the clips, but a good amount of the clips I saw was Teddy just botching things and making things look really fucking bad. So I don't know. I feel like Teddy uh, maybe had an off night, but um, yeah, he could be tremendously entertaining. You never know what kind of Teddy heart you're going to get. Teddy, and that's why, you know, when you say like, oh, I think he fucked himself. That is that is one of the versions of Teddy Hart that you, you can get is the I'm really injured, but I'm doing this for you guys. Um, his leg has been just about broken and he's done 10 moonsaults in the same match countless times. I don't know how many times he sold some kind of injury and, and tried to like stand one leg on the top rope and do a moonsault anyway. You know, he, he couldn't wrestle on the Jersey all pro show, but he showed up in crutches, which was extra awkward when he half walked with the crutches over to look at Danny DeMano, with his leg folded in half on the floor. And he's the one standing there in crutches. Um, but I don't know. It's just one of Teddy's things. Teddy does the God bless. I love all of you guys. You know, like like he just got home from church holding his cross to the sky. Like he's, you know, like he's talking to Jesus during the match. And then, uh, you know, he does his I'm really, really injured Teddy Hart thing. And then he does like the shooter Teddy Hart where he starts shit with everyone. 
I mean, it, you know, there's several versions of Teddy. You really never know what you're going to get. Um, I'm sure there was some entertainment value to it, you know, between the two of them. But uh, I don't know. I saw a little bit of off-night Teddy. Yeah. I mean, it didn't ruin the show or anything. Like I said, I, w- I went into the show with the, the open mind, you know. I wasn't expecting anything too crazy. So it definitely delivered. Like, I, I you know, I don't mind paying 20 bucks to get into that show at all. And it was only half hour away from me. It was a good show overall. Um, like I said, I think if if the Matt Tremont and Q Joker match um, happened, um, that would have made it a lot better, obviously. And um, also if Gage and Teddy Hart didn't kind of have an off night. And um, I think even Teddy knows himself that, he didn't give it his all because, you know, he went on the mic and he was like, hey, man, like, we're, we're definitely going to do this match again. Like, I, I have to give it my all. You know, I'm not really happy with, with what came out tonight. Even though, like, obviously, you know, the crowd is, like, fucking super marky. So they're all like, oh, this was awesome. And then, like, half of it was botches. And it's like, eh. Right. That's, that's what it's become, man. It's like these guys don't even have to fully execute a move and the fans will jump up and down. And it's like, yeah, fuck it. Then why try I mean, you know, eat all the fucking carbs you want during the week. It doesn't matter if you're in shape or not. Speaking of that, and I'm not saying the guy's out of shape or anything like that, but was Engage was Gage in better shape the first time he got out of prison or the second time he got out of prison? Because I've seen him live after the first time, but not after the second time. And I feel like he had a, a better uh, training regiment the first time in prison. Yeah, I would say I would definitely say the first time. Yeah, because he's been yelling, you know, a lot of stuff on promos like, uh, yeah, and uh, in Dojo Wars, um, he got on the the Captain Dave live podcast network show, yeah, yeah. and uh, he he walked up to him, and you know, Dave's like super fucking excited. You know, we got a new fucking Gage on the show, and he just walks up and he's like, MDK gang affiliated, and throws up a sign like, dude, I don't know that you need to like announce to. Uh, maybe slightly challenged fan that you're gang affiliated. I don't know what you're accomplishing <laughs> by randomly telling people into their Facebook Live that you're gang affiliated. I'm pretty sure that makes you less gang affiliated because I, I, I like I like I've I've dealt with a lot of people and you know talked to a lot of people that were into some crazy gang shit and they never used the two words gang affiliated. I, I'm pretty sure they just shout out whatever the fuck they're into, but like. Yeah. Like, how does it? How does this guy have a parole officer? I mean, does he have a parole officer? Does uh, the guy like fucking move? Like, is he on vacation? Like, what the fuck? Because he said nothing but like, I'm in a gang. Every time he's on a promo, like, I am in a gang. For <laughs> like, a death kill, probably what the three words you shouldn't say when I'm wrong. Yeah, I understand. There's some shit that falls into lines. Hey, man, it's just a wrestling gimmick. But I don't think it. What storyline are you in that that you have to keep saying I'm gang affiliated? <laughs> like, yeah. where's your gang? You haven't had a tag match since you've been back, let alone a gang. So, like, you don't have a stable. It's just you. You keep saying fuck everyone else, but yet you say gang affiliated. I don't. I'm not really catching you, Mr. Gage. Yeah, Mr. Wilson. That was some... Mr. Wilson, I, I don't really understand where you're going with this gang-affiliated wrestling gimmick. Yeah, but dude, Captain Dave and Nick Gage, the sight of that those two together in the same frame is uh, something I can't get. A... I really wanted like a fucking five-minute back and forth between the two of them. Like I would have, I would have played that in its entirety on my show if he didn't just I'm um, gang-affiliated MDK. It's like all right, dude. Uh, fuck, man, I'm, I might have to pull this clip up and then uh. 
we can end the show wrapping it up with that, man, because that shit was the fucking funniest thing ever. This guy fucking turned it up by like 25 notches when Gage came by. He's a motherfucking Gage! <laughs> yeah, because you can see like Gage is walking around in the back doing whatever the fuck else he's doing. Like he's way back, like to the back of the parking lot, and he's like walking around saying hi to people and stuff. And, um, you know, you, you could see like Dave's eyes are like looking out of the corner of his eye, like, is he coming? Is he coming? And he's like, oh, we might have get new. All right, well, maybe not yet, but, uh, yeah, he's, you know, and, and he went back to saying what he did. Then, like, his eyes would drift off trying to follow him again. <laughs> and then he finally started making his way over, and he fucking lost it. The only time, but I don't think a wrestler can even get Dave as excited as he was when Santa Claus came down the street on the float. I clipped that for my show. He was covering uh, on his uh, network, he was covering the, um, the, the local parade, Christmas parade. And when Santa's float came... I mean, that guy marked out like a motherfucker, man. Like, he had to yell over top of, like, the engines and the music that was playing off of the Santa float. And, man, he he fucking lit that shit up. Yeah, he went full-blown Mick Foley on uh, the Christmas game. Yeah, I, it was epic Santa commentary. But, uh, yeah, this Teddy Hart and Gage match had some cool spots. They did uh, some stiff spots in the crowd with uh, chair setups. Um, he did like a pile driver through all the chairs, suplex through the chairs. Um, there was one really fun. I mean, they did some some good wrestling in the beginning before like Teddy. Had, like, I don't know if he injured his ankle. I don't know what happened with him, but whatever threw him off. Before mm-hmm. that, they were doing some like real good wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, you know, not just like rest holds and type of shit. But they were doing a ton of like you know reversals and all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't expect to see. Um, first thing in a, in a match like that but they they went all out and you thought you were seeing Dean Malenko for the first five minutes with the uh, gauge but it was good stuff and I think I think this is a good opportunity for him to go out there and just kind of show that uh you know he can wrestle it's not just death matches but um the one spot that I think kind of could have been really fucking cool was gauge had him in like a like a headlock or something and um he like he climbed all the way to the top ropes and did like a fucking flip and try to turn that into a canadian destroyer and if he would have fucking pulled that off it would have looked cool as shit but that was a second canadian destroyer in a row that he botched (laughs) (laughs) and i was like yo teddy does some real wild geek shit sometimes in the ring like do the move twice in a row like the one time at uh the gcw show when he wrestled strictly he's like i got a new move check this one out guys and then did a move and it's like i I mean (laughs) I don't think you're supposed to yell out, check out this new move, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think you're breaking down that, that wall just a little too much. Hey, watch this, man. Watch the Hold my bear. Watch this, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know, like, you know, a lot of wrestlers, like the old school mentality, get really upset about the spot matches and stuff. And I don't have too much of a problem with that. But a wrestler yelling, check out this new move, guys, to the fans is probably a little bit over the line. Yeah, bad move. Oh, announcing that you're Cornette fine. would be on suicide watch if he heard that shit. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, I'm I'm loving Cornette more by the day, man. Cornette, <laughs> but um, I actually I want to get into Cornette in one second. But to to wrap up GCW, there was a moonsault that he did from the balcony, which was uh which was cool. And um, I guess another reason why I'm saying I think the guy was actually injured was because I heard other guys talking about it that that worked for the company, not not Lauderdale or Danny, but it was it was like other people like doing security and shit like that. Um, Matt Wolf. No, no, 
Nah. Uh, Matt Wolf security. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure why he's he's doing security. That's a little. Yeah, I feel like that's the least secure guy you can have on the job. <laughs> I don't know who he's holding back, but uh, look at that. But um, I guess the the main spot that they were that they had originally planned was from the higher balcony, which oh, is like, like thirty feet up. You know what I mean? So I think they were going for a big spot. And that would have been fucking awesome. Yeah, I think that's what he was actually going for. He was trying to moonsault from the top. Maybe of he had to sell a leg injury to bitch out of that fucking spot. <laughs> probably, would have, probably looked at it like, yeah, dude, I don't know. Fuck that. Yeah, my legs hurt right right now. It's hurt bad. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick saying, hey, you bitched out of a 30-foot wall moonsault. Like, I'm not moonsaulting off of the fucking porch, <laughs> let alone the fucking 30-foot wall. So and I'm not calling him a bitch. I'm just, you know, my way of saying he backed out of the spot. Yeah. But dude, honestly, like that. Gotta fucking blame him. Yeah, I mean, if he pulled that off, man, that would have been fucking insane. Which eventually, like, they're it, when they go back to this spot, they're gonna do something from that balcony. It's just, it's a, it's bound to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was planned for this match, I guess. Um, Rock wall and, leg drop. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, they gotta figure something out with the with the rock wall, man. Because that's not something I'm just doing like the fucking crowd surf move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what exactly they can do with that, but uh, whatever she did, don't do that. Don't just fall back. It, just, it doesn't look good. Um, even like the people that work for the company, they kind of saw that. They were just like shaking their head, like, uh, yeah, that was a bit, you know. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely recommend checking the show out. There wasn't anything like terrible on the show or anything like that. So, um, I mean, a lot of people left happy, me included. I thought it was, I thought it was overall a good show. So, it is what it is. But uh, Jim Cornette, man, he uh. He uh, fucking buried uh, Chuck Taylor. Did you hear about this? What happened? Chuck Taylor. He absolutely buried Chuck Taylor. No, I didn't hear that. So it's it's over these uh, like invisible gr- grenade spots and uh, fake like you know finger pokes. Like they have this new thing in PWG where they don't actually poke you in the eye; they pretend to, and then they all sell it like they just fucking like a bomb just exploded. Um, right. Just ton of like just silly shit that I, I'm not really into at all. Um, so basically, he was like flipping out, and then now uh, Wrestle Circus, that that company that uh, that Alex Kid was recommending, they had that show, and uh, on the show, Sammy Callahan and and um, Adam Cole are like making out. Uh, that's a thing that happened, which I uh, the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I have no clue what is going on with wrestling, especially with Callahan, man, and him taking over CZW, dude. If you're like you're sticking your fucking tongue down some other dude's throat every weekend at a different company, man. I don't, I don't really know which direction you're taking this company, but uh, I guess we'll see. Expect a lot more of the fellow twins on CZW, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, they're going to be tag champs within two months. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, there was this one match that had like 12 people involved in it, right? And Joey Ryan's, of course, doing the dick spot. Um, there's chicks involved in this match, so they're like grabbing their badges. So it's a bunch of dudes and a bunch of girls grabbing dicks and badges, right? And then badges. <laughs> and then uh, fucking Joey Ryan does a dick spot, and like twenty of them all hand in hand just flip over and sell this move. And it's just it's getting to the point. It's just so fucking silly, man. I just I hate anything Joey Ryan related. I never want to see this dude wrestle in live. Like if the, if he's on a show, uh, that's definitely a piss break for me. But um, your thoughts on these fucking dick spots and, like, the invisible fucking grenades and all these silly shit that PWGs don't. I'm not down with the gay shit in wrestling to begin with. Like, the, overall, like I said, you know, when it comes down to wrestling, you know, 
through certain people's eyes, just from, you know, an outsider's view, not being a wrestling fan, they go, dude, bunch of guys oiled up fucking rolling around in their underwear. That's fucking gay. And you'd be like, no, no, that's not gay. Right now you have a really, really hard case to make (laughs) because they're legitimately grabbing each other's cocks and making out and fucking cross-dressing and fucking, like, there's, there's a lot of... It's not even suspect. It's like full-blown fucking foreplay. It's gay foreplay that's going on in the ring on a regular, regular basis. Like, at least once a show, there's something you can go, okay, well, that's gay. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that. that's full-on gay. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> like, like if you're bringing someone new that's never, like, got into wrestling or whatever, and you're like, man, you got to come see this indie show or whatever, you know, you'd like it. It's not, like the tv stuff or whatever it's it's way different like you should come see that like i brought a bunch of people that i've worked with and stuff over the years to czw i had that front row situation locked down so i would just say i need four next month and no problem so we would add the extra one i'd grab you know someone from work i talked them into it i show them a couple vhs tapes and hey just just roll with us you love it you know it's fucking 30 bucks you know whatever so we'd go out there or whatever. But I, I can't imagine, it, you know, at some point during every show that I brought someone with having to turn and go, yeah, this isn't the type of shit that I'm into. All the other stuff is what I was talking not this much. Yeah, yeah. This is something else that I'm not really, I don't co-sign what's happening right now. I'm hoping it ends soon. Um, you know. Do you ever have to explain yourself uh, when it comes to the gayness on the show? It's, it's typically a bad sign, man. When they start like looking over at you and like texting somebody else, <laughs> it's like this dude brought me to some gay shit. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, rumors start circulating around work. Like, yeah, <laughs> he made it sound all violent. We got there and the dude grabbed the guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, not a little bit. Like, he grabbed a hold of it and the dude flipped over by his dick. Like, this shit wasn't. This shit wasn't like a little bit. Yeah. Like, I've never had somebody grab my dick so hard I flipped over. That shit must have been real. (laughs) That shit must have been serious. I don't know, man. I'm not with it. The grenade spot, to me, that's like, you know, a lot of this stuff, like, they would play that super goofy type spot stuff in Chikara. And it is what it is. To me, that still has, like, a place for it. I'm not, like, a huge fan of it. Same with, like, the slow-mo spot and all of that. Like, I'm not a big fan of it, but it does have a place. The comedy wrestling where they pull into like the, you know, um, over the top, unbelievable, you know, um, suspend your disbelief, you know, uh, this guy's a fucking ant. So, you know, if the, you know, he's all about the ice cream guy because the ants on the ice cream, you know, I don't know. Like they, they have their own little stuff. And, you know, obviously Chuck Taylor has been a big Chikara guy for a long time. So that's where that stuff always landed and uh, got the most traction, I think. But, um, you know, I, I'm not really that offended by that. It's not a guy grabbing another guy's cock. Like that's not cool in any other walk of life as far as like if you were all hanging out and somebody just grabbed somebody else's dick. And like, no, nah, it's really funny. Look. Man, just imagine it's, if they did that looking. Not so much, man. This is not the barbecue I signed up for. Yeah. Imagine. He said, <laughs> like, do you, do you want me to bring anything? I didn't think I was going to bring that type of. <laughs> bring the gayness out. Yeah. Was... Imagine this happening in any other sport, man. It wouldn't happen in anything else where it's just like you just casually grab a dude's dick and, like, the crowd, like, pops for it, you know? <laughs> to bring anything. Yeah, I just, I no. don't get it. Like, I'm just not. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the fucking jersey native that i am i I don't know i just don't have such an open mind 
Well, I mean, dude, the, the thing that got me is I knew it's headed towards the wrong direction when a guy like Dan Moff did the dick spot, you know, with, like, the fellow twins. When he started yeah. doing, like, the, the, the gay dick spots and all that, you know, fellow Jersey guy, too, I was like, yo, all right, man, this is not just, like, fucking Joey Janela letting Ryan, like, grab his dick or anything like that, you know. Like, this, this is... Dan Mop, the hit squad's doing dick spots. Like that's and you know, I keep having to fall into this, you know, this, this Seinfeld line You're like not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, it's it's not for me. But yeah. look, so the guy grabbed the other guy's dick, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Like, look, it's it's not for me. I'm not into it. Um you know, be gay. I, I'm just not into gay entertainment. Like that that's not my thing. Like I, be as gay as you fucking want to be, but like you won't find me at the parade. It's not my type of entertainment. So you're like mingling the parade with the fucking wrestling, and it's not it's not what I'm into. Yeah. So I don't know. That that's just me. Obviously, it's over with somebody because I keep fucking doing it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you saw the one guy. He was like, "Yeah, that was fucking awesome." <laughs> yeah, I just you know that's when I block people on Facebook. After the Adam Cole and uh, fucking Callahan kiss spot this dude comments yeah dude that was fucking awesome yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know man i mean we if, don't have the same definition of awesome yeah yeah dude i'm not really not really into that and uh, if, yeah. if awesome means nauseating wherever you come from then it was really awesome yeah and and sure like it does have a spot in wrestling like you said chikara that's what i expect from chikara you know ddt promotion in japan that's what they do man they do like toilet bowl matches where they fucking stick each other's heads in toilet bowls and all kinds of just silly shit that you wouldn't see anywhere else so i expect that from there you'll see godzilla invade the fucking ring they'll do fake guns all kinds of weird shit you know yeah on pwg seeing like jushin thunder Liger stick his thumb in like tomaso champa's ass like it's like it's a waste to me you know what I mean? i'm like yo you brought in Jushin fucking Liger, and you have this guy fucking doing dick spots and you know asshole spots and shit. Like, well, I don't know what's what's going. On. I, I don't understand. Like Chuck Taylor, sure, that's fine. Him, Fire Ant, those guys, like, yeah, whatever. And you guys do all that. That's fine. You can do invisible grenades and all that. Don't bring in fucking like Tommy End and all that. Yeah, I mean, it, the wrestlers got to stand up and go. I ain't doing that shit. Like, you're not going to find Black G's doing a dick spot. It's not going to happen. And I respect motherfuckers for taking that stance. There's not enough people who will take a stance. Yeah, you're not going to see uh, Masada doing any of that shit either, I don't think. Nah, probably not. I'd, I'd go ahead and say probably not. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> but, uh... Wonder... Great likelihood. My money is on Masada never doing a dick spot. Yeah. Anything else uh, we missed that you want to talk about? I don't think so. I'm trying to think if uh, there's anything else. Uh, I know um, there was there was something that I forgot. I think we mentioned Matt Riddle going against uh, Gage at GCW, but they also announced uh, Teddy Hart and Joey Janela. I don't know if that's going to happen since, like, I don't know if he's actually injured or what happened with him, but uh, hopefully they, they put on a good match. Who, Teddy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Depends on the day. Might be God bless Jesus day. Might be uh, my Lakers day. I also saw uh, TNAs, I guess, working with uh, Lucha Underground and. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, Noah, I guess, pro wrestling Noah. Shit. Uh, they're bringing in, in like I think AAA as well, so they're they're bringing in a ton of uh, international talent. So it's, it's good for them. Yeah, dude. I mean, TNA is turning into Jersey All Pro, like the Jersey All Pro uh, 
like anniversary show, like th- that roster that they used that night is probably is pretty much TNA now. EYFBO, Homicide, Low Key, the Lucha Underground guys, Del Rio. You know, it's like it's, it's pretty much the whole card. Speaking of Jersey All Pro, they're doing a um a TV to, uh, Jersey All Pro. What is it? Worldwide TV. Worldwide TV. Yeah. They're doing that uh like taping on Saturday. I believe it's this uh upcoming Saturday, right? Yeah. And that's um I think three PM in uh, South River. So yeah, check that out. I mean, you go to Jersey All Pro's website or Facebook or whatever and you'll see all the details for that. And uh you know, I mean they're they're doing a lot of like mystery, like, you know, come and see and you know, they haven't really booked anything or shown their hand as it as it were. But uh, they're giving it a lot of like you never know what's gonna happen. So I have a feeling they have some pretty big surprises lined up. Um, I'm not gonna be able to. De- I'd have to take the whole day off just to be there. So I'm not gonna be able to do that for wrestling in general. Um, but you know, I- I'm sure they're gonna do some good shit. Jersey All Pro always puts on a great show, and you know they've been away a little bit, so I'm sure they got something up their sleeve. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they didn't announce like literally anything. There's not a single match they announced, you know? Right. But, um, last thing I want to mention real quick. I don't know how uh, credible this is, but, uh, your friend over there, Matt Wolf, the, the guy that you love so much, uh, I saw him at the show and he was kind of, uh, he was like talking about his photography and how basically uh, yeah. just, uh, there's a lot to talk, there's a lot to cover there. I mean, did he get into like how he puts giant fucking graphics in the corner or how the, the picture isn't even in focus? Like, which one did he cover? Yeah. Well, basically, he was saying uh, he doesn't care like what like fans say about his his photography. Um, <laughs> it's my unique style, man. It's, <laughs> it's my art. <laughs> it could be artistic, man. I don't know. but uh, fucking artistic. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that got me was uh, he was like, "Yeah, man. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, like some of the biggest talent in, in the game were like co-signing my photography. That's all that matters to me." And in my head, I'm just thinking of, like, Dan O'Hare. I'm like, this dude is fucking out of control right now. And then, uh, so I, I just, I couldn't. I had to interrupt him. And I was like, yo, are you talking about J-Cat? Doing that, uh, doing that thing? And he was like, yeah, yeah, man. Like, you know, like, like fucking dude, like, come on, man. Like, you know, I get I get wrestlers that are saying, like, my shit's good. Like, I'm not going to let that get to me. Um, I'm guessing he didn't listen to, to the show because. Uh, <laughs> he must not have. Yeah, he's just going off of the Facebook thing. And then uh, <clears throat> it was funny because. Uh, Shoot him a link. Yeah, it was funny because uh, he asked, like, you know, like, why you haven't been at the shows and all that stuff. And then uh, I was like, yeah, he's just not into it, I guess. And then uh, he said something about, like, you and Grosso shooting Jersey on Pro, you know, ringside both being there. And then uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Grosso has me blocked. I haven't, I haven't seen that dude's shit for a while. And then uh, he went on to say that Chris Grosso, I guess, has issues with him also. Probably because he doesn't take great photography, you know. He's just kind of shitting on his business. But uh, yeah. yeah, and I mean, as crazy as that is, I side with Hamhead on that because the dude is not a legitimate photographer, and he continues to go out there and portray himself as a legitimate photographer and put these giant graphics on photos where, like, the wrestlers are both laying on the mat, <laughs> and he posts that online with a big giant block letters, all caps, Matt Wolf, with like a fucking trademark symbol like you didn't trademark a motherfucking like what what are you doing it's fucking crazy and you're calling yourself the same level of photographers like amhead and andrew and those guys you're out of your fucking skull (laughs) and uh you know the thing is is like um this dude 
you know, he's got a problem with Hamhead now, but it's funny because, you know, if you want to go back to the other show where I fucking lit him on fire on my show, um, you know, part of where he, he put himself in immediate fucking danger with me was he was trying to score cool points and he was talking shit about me to Hamhead's wife. So, I mean, how fucking ironic is that now that, you know, a couple months later, you know, whatever, it's six months or whatever it's been. Uh, you know, now all of a sudden, now he's got big problems with him, and now he's talking shit about him to somebody else. It, th- that's what I mean. Like, this is a, he's just a little weasel-ass dude that doesn't know who the fuck he's talking to one minute and who he has a problem with the next minute, and he thinks all of it's just going to fly, and eventually he's going to say the wrong thing about the wrong person. They're, they're going to cave his dirty little head in. <laughs> so he was, he was telling me about uh, how, like, I guess, like, Grasso doesn't like him, and then I was like, yeah, like, why doesn't he like you? And he's like, oh, yeah, because, like, you know, he thinks I'm taking credit for his, his picture in the PWI for the for the tournament of death um, that got in there like two years ago and this, that, and the third. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, what the fuck did this dude get in, in, in PWI? Because, like, you know, Mike Bessler, you know, friend of the show, he's the one that does, like, the indie articles and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of the times he'll ask me, like, who's big on the indies and this, that, and the third. And I'll be like, you know, I told him about, like, Joey Janela, Chris Dickinson, you know, Feinstein, guys like that. Um, cause he doesn't follow it like that, you know what I mean? But he's, he's kind of like the guy like doing those, um, which is kind of weird, but, uh, he like, uh, he, he asked me for, uh, pictures for TOD two years ago. So we got in PWI for the pictures that he had used that I took at the show. Right. Um, like he recapped like the DJ interview and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't, I don't recall Grosso being in that, like anywhere in the article and I, I look back at it, and and sure enough, man, it's it's my goddamn photo with uh, all credits given to me at the bottom of the photo. But uh, according to this Matt Wolf kid, uh, Grosso thinks those were his pictures used for the article, which I I don't know how how much truth there is to that. But if that's the case, dude's fucking retarded. But what? Uh, where where is that labeled? Is that hearsay? As far as like he told me those were his? Because I mean, if there's nothing written that. Yeah, he fucking called this guy, and then they put his name on the picture. I, I don't even know what kind of credibility this shit has. Yeah, I just thought it was it was funny that uh, I hate the back ham head, but I just don't see any proof behind this actual statement. I think this is you know, all of a sudden someone doesn't like his fucking art, and now he's trying to throw shit at somebody else. Yeah, like I said I don't I don't know how credible this uh this kid is, but yeah, he does he does jump back and forth because uh, wasn't he like siding with Hamhead with this whole thing? Yeah, yeah, that's how the whole shit got rolling. Like I said, he was talking shit about me to Hamhead's wife. Yeah, so, whatever. I don't know. That's what it is for you, wrestling fans. For you, he's building up his uh his camera though. He's he's setting up a. Uh, I don't know. He had like a cardboard box around the fucking thing. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> I'm serious, dude. With the red, so he's still got the red camera. <laughs> yeah, he's like building it up with some other shit on there, man. He's making his own like. Putting on, stacking up Legos, putting the flashlight in the middle of it. You know, someone needs to stick him in the dumpster. Yeah, yeah. So that happened. But uh, yeah, man, I think I think that that about wraps it up for uh for this week. Unless you got anything else you want to mention? Nah, man. I think it's been a rest in peace, prodigy, man. Yeah, um, prodigy. Yeah, we're both big hip hop fans, and I'm sure I'm gonna play some, you know mob deep shit on wednesday when i do the show and everything but uh yeah man uh, obviously mob deep absolute pioneer in the hip-hop game and um you know the type of stuff that they were putting out is just the hardest shit going man you you put on some of that mob deep or you your workout and try not to pull it fucking muscles because yeah. that shit goes fucking thorough um 
Yeah, that's that's a big loss. It's a huge loss. Another one of these, you know, '90s rap groups that just man, history is being fucking removed as far as uh, you know, hip hop and you know. You were saying, you know, uh, you don't hear it as often as wrestling, but shit, man, you go down the line of fucking who was who in hip hop, and there's a lot gone. Yeah, Prodigy really, really caught me off guard because um, he seemed to be in the best shape of his life. You know, like the dude looked good coming out of prison and all that stuff. But I don't yeah. know, man. It just um, Gage said that too, though. So you know, it was the yeah, and it's sad because he wasn't on the best of terms with Havoc. You know, like right before he passed away and shit. So yeah. I mean, they were still doing shows together, but they weren't really, like, friendly. It was just kind of, like, a business thing. But, um, yeah, definitely rest in peace to Prodigy. Uh, one thing, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, definitely go check this out for anybody that, that's a hip-hop head. It's fucking hilarious. Um, are you familiar with the group Migos? They're, like, the mumble rappers. Uh, I've heard of them, but I couldn't pull them out of a fucking lineup. Okay. So they, they were basically doing an interview with Joe Budden. You know, Joe Budden kind of, like, does, like, uh, he he was like a radio host for a while, so he does like interviews and stuff on the side. He has his own podcast, etc. So I guess okay. he hired him to do the interviews for the red carpet. Okay. Um, it was him and this other guy, DJ Academics. He's a YouTube guy. He kind of covers you know like hip hop controversial stories and updates and all that stuff. And um, it was funny as shit, man, because he fucking he was like, yeah, the Migos like one of my favorite groups. And Joe Budden, he was like, yeah, can we just wrap this shit up, man? Like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Him being a big hip-hop fan, he's like, yeah, dude, if you're claiming this is one of your favorite, we have to wrap this shit up. And then uh, the guy kept talking, and he just fucking got up, dropped his mic, and walked away. And then the Migos, like, get up, and they try to, like, fight him and shit in the middle of fucking BT Awards. Really? Clip, man. It's fucking hilarious. You have to see this. I gotta see that shit. It's hilarious. And they're all dressed like Prince, you know what I mean? They have, like, fucking, like, leather pants on with fucking, like, glitter and shit. It's, it's, it's amazing. G sent me a, a picture of Buttons, like, yelling earlier, and it, he said something like, this dude's a lunatic. And uh, and I just, like, LOL'd because I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. I figured something happened or whatever, but I didn't watch the BET Awards. But, yeah, I, now I got to go check that shit out. Because I, I meant to ask him, like, what happened? Yeah, that's probably what he's referring to. That's yeah. fucking hilarious. Definitely uh, definitely go check that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, Wednesday. Yakuza Kick Radio, obviously, blogtalkradio.com slash Yakuza. Jay's coming back this week. I'm sure uh, he'll take some questions from the fans and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we'll also be back. Mixed listeners, with... I don't have fans. Whatever. Listeners, viewers, whatever you want to call it. That's so arrogant. <laughs> My I, fans. Give me questions, fans. <laughs> and I'll give back to the fans with my answers. You, yeah. uh, you got any questions for me? I'm so happy you brought that up before we wrapped it up. Because I saw Deathmatch Russell at the goddamn show, right? <laughs> Deathmatch Russell. He's yeah. no longer David. Yeah. He's just fucking... I seen DMR at the motherfucking show. Deathmatch Russell. Dude, that's his name, man. Deathmatch Russell. I see this guy, and those he's are my like, initials, by the way. You just said DMR, <laughs> and, and fucking uh, imagine like his his mom yelling like, Deathmatch! I told you to take the trash out three times. Damn it, Deathmatch Russell. Violent Russell. Deathmatch. Is that your cereal bowl on the coffee table? Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Sheen. Sorry, we cut you off. <laughs> But uh, he he was he was like yeah I was I was sitting outside smoking a cigarette actually it was during the Velvet Sky match uh, smoking a cigarette eating my pizza uh, by myself here comes Deathmatch Russell 
you know, I'm like, oh, what's up, dude? I'm like, yo, man, your your fucking podcast is absolutely hilarious, man. I, I <laughs> continue to do this for many, many years. It's it's hands down my favorite thing on the internet. And uh, of course, you know, he's like, oh yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, bro. <laughs> awesome. I really appreciate that. Yeah, putting in hard work with the iPad. Uh, but yo, this this guy, I, I told him, I was like, yo, my favorite fucking part of the show is when you ask the wrestlers. <laughs> what? <laughs> you? you better not blow that shit, man. It'd be like, you just making fun of me. I'm not doing that no more. He took me serious. I was like, no, man. It's it's different. It's your gimmick, dude. You got to do it every show. It's fucking great. You know, no other podcast does. Like, Nobody that. else on the planet does that. <laughs> it's amazing. I know, man. It's why I was unique. I really thought that up one day. Uh, you know, my mom was yelling at me. I said, "Hold on a minute. I got a thought." And uh, <laughs> that's when it that's when it came up. We jot this idea down. <laughs> Hold uh, on a minute, I got a thought. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is retarded. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> so hopefully, he continues with the uh, oh. questions for him because uh, we usually do this I off air, that. guys. <laughs> this is stuff we do off air, guys. <laughs> It's oh, it's the best. Uh, it's the fucking best. Anybody who's listening to this, because like, I don't give a fuck, plug this fucking guy. Like, anyone who's listening who, who wants to hear how unbelievably bad a podcast can be, it's comedically bad. What, listen to the Deathmatch Russell podcast. Yeah, it's Every whatever day he posts it, at whatever time he posts it. And if you like silence, tune into the first five minutes of the show. He He provides... The sound of silence. Yeah, the first five minutes are very therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, he's on Spreaker for all you guys. Yeah, definitely yeah. podcast on Spreaker. Definitely go check that. And it's not the Speaker, it's Spreaker. Oh, and it's actually a really good podcast. I'm just a hater. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. How dare you? You're just being a mark. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. We'll uh, come back. Put him over. Yeah, Sunday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Mixler.com slash THC Podcast. <laughs> Just like last week, the dogs are going and sound around. What the fuck just happened? I feel like he just smashed his computer as he finished that sentence. <laughs> Check us out next week. Fuck it! It's going time, right here. Mixo.com slash TFT Podcast. Peace. Maybe it's the words from my man Killer Black that I can't say, so what's left the untold fact. Until my death, I'm going to stay alive. Survival of the fit, only the strong survive. Yo, we live in this till the day that we die. Survival of the fit, only the strong survive. We live in this till the day that we die. Survival of the fit, only the strong survive. We live in this till the day that we die. Survival of the fit, only the strong survive. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.